Welcome to another episode of Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. I am your host, Kim, and I'm so excited you decided to tune in and listen. If you are new here, welcome. If you are part of the community, welcome back. If you missed out on the last episode, I had a chance to sit down and chat with Muffy of Brown Mamas about shifting your mindset. She wrote a book called The Brown Mama Mindset and it's so good. So if you did not listen to that episode, definitely go back and check it out. It's worth the listen. Thank you all for being so patient with me. When I released that episode back in January, I did not think life was going to move as fast as it has, but I decided to start my job search and I accepted a job and will be relocating this weekend. So I am super excited about this new journey. It's a little scary, but I'm moving by faith in fear. So I hope that you guys will stay tuned as I share about this journey and how I've gotten to this place. I've been in Houston for five years now and my daughter and I will be moving. So I plan to talk about the move over the next few weeks or so once I am settled in. That is pretty much it for housekeeping. (laughs) But I, I really appreciate you guys and reaching out to me to say that you are waiting on the next episode. So thanks for listening and rocking with me throughout this journey. You guys are amazing. Today, I am chatting with Audrey of Dear Single Mommy about her journey from transitional housing to leaving corporate America in a pandemic. How crazy is that, y'all? A single mom leaving her job in a pandemic, not getting laid off, not getting fired, not losing her job, but she actually made the decision to leave. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you on. How are you doing this morning? I am doing good. I am drinking my little smoothie here that I made for breakfast. And just um and gonna rest of the day and try to rest. Yeah. Awesome. Can you take just a moment to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So my name is Audrey Renee. I'm the founder of Dear Single Mommy, which started off as a blog and still is a blog where I share my stories. But at the end of each um story that I share, I encourage you in God and in the faith of who He is. And so um, you can see all across from social media platforms, me and my daughter and our story. I don't take glamorous pictures. <laughs> I take what is real and reality and hoping that moms find the beauty in that, you know? Um, yes. and, and I also um, am the founder of Curses Broken, which is a co, um, we're the co-founders, me and my daughter, of a Curses Broken clothing line, which is going to be pushed to gear towards families, not just single home, single parent homes, but also families. And it's teaching us to walk in the authority and the power of what God did on the cross and I do coaching startup coaching for people that have ideas and they just don't know exactly where to start and they don't want to spend a lot of money on a thousand dollars on someone when they haven't even just started to build off of that one idea and take a chance on it so I do that as well so yeah (laughs) tell us how old your daughter is and where you actually live yes my daughter is six years old her name is Amara and we actually live in Virginia Okay, awesome. So I want to walk through your story. I told you off the mic. I was like, I want you to tell us a little bit of the story. How did you become a single mom? And just what that all looked like. 
Yeah. Um, so as many, I met a guy. <laughs> um, we were actually engaged. So it was, um, for the most part, a, a very, what I would call a, seri the serious, a serious relationship for the first time for me. Um, we were engaged. Um, he was military and um, we were actually, I actually picked up everything, left my, left, brought everything with me down to my high school diploma wow. <laughs> um, and went to California with him. I moved everything out of my mother's house. And I will say that I was in a space, um, was ready to start life outside of my parents' home. So I was in that vulnerable space. About 25, I believe, because I had a mom when I was 26. So um moved with him to california he um he um verified to me that he had to go on a a year or whatever and so i said well um i'll move in with my friend in san antonio he didn't want me to stay in california i went i ended up moving to san antonio texas i stayed there for almost a year found a job but i also found out i was pregnant <laughs> oh, um surprise, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i w it was funny because i felt like when god sent me to san antonio texas i, f I basically walked into a community that i kind of was already a um kind of always already I knew them because my church here in Virginia, they were actually to start a church in San Antonio, Texas. Wow. So it was like I ran into two people that I knew from Virginia, but also got to learn about a new community that was helping them establish that church. So got pregnant. Um, I say God withheld things from me because after I had Amara, I found out that um, it was a year of lying, um, being with another woman. And, um, and then after that kind of disappearing after Amara's birth, I ended up having a, at this time I was struggling because I had a job that I was working. I wasn't working it for a full year. And you know, if you're not working a job for more than a certain period of time, you can't get, um, full pay. So I was only getting half of my pay and I was struggling to make a car payment, you know, keep up my apartment. So I actually ended up losing two apartments, one out of, out of lack of education or finances. Cause I went way over, <laughs> I could not pay for that apartment. You know how that is. And then the other one, I was like, okay, let me downgrade, but still wasn't able to pay for that because I was only, I didn't lack of education with finances. I never saved that for, for what was to come. I didn't know what was to come diapers and all these expenses for a baby. And then I still had hope that he was going to help me because again at this time we were still in a relationship but I didn't find out that he moved on until after I had he um, okay. was supposed to help me but that, that didn't that ended up not working out at all I had to move back home with my family um I will say raising a child in a grandparent's household is not a healthy option for me <laughs> they loved her but I couldn't discipline her I couldn't be a mother and I was not being respected mother and as a woman um, so I ended up moving out another relative's house where I slept on the couch. And I actually, at that time, um, I was very depressed um, to the point where I was laying next to my daughter. And I said, I just, I'm going to leave her here with my um, sister. And I was going to make a choice to go ahead and commit suicide. Um, because I felt like I was incapable of taking care of my child with all of that going on, being cheated on, lied to, um, got my name drug in the mud. Um, and, and just, just, you know, that, that decision that you're trying to make. And, and I was really rough and I got tired of sleeping on my uh, relative's couch, you know, um, but God is faithful. Um, he actually ended up, um, pushing me to publish a book because I was formerly a spoken word artist. So I published a, a spoken word book and that ended up being some income for us. But also around that time, I had to move out of that relative's house around June 1st. And I remember specifically, I remember packing up my clothes in a suitcase and I didn't know, I was like, well, I'm going to prepare to sleep in the car because 
that's, I have to get out of here by June 1st, so I don't have a choice. I packed up my clothes. I went for a transitional house earlier that year, but I didn't get in because they didn't have any rooms. But this time, around the time of June timeframe, I went down there, I turned in my application. They did have a room available, but they still had, they were telling me they had to go through a process, so I probably wouldn't get in until probably a week or two from now. So I was like, okay, well, we'll just stay in my car for, you know, a week and, and just make it work. I packed up all my stuff. I got rid of stuff that I couldn't put in the car and made room for me and my daughter to sleep. And that night on June 1st, as I was getting all my stuff in my car, I got a phone call from the transitional home and they said, we have a room for you. Oh. I'm in that night. One of the questions they asked me that they said they felt so compelled of my heart and knowing that I was the one that deserved this, which was God, was why do you feel that, you know, because they, they go through a questionnaire because they're trying to get the background of these women because a transitional home has to be a safe environment for them. So they're trying to ensure that they can, you know, house these women and keep them safe as well, as well as the other women who would stay there. So they asked me this question and I said, um, they was like, why do we, why should we, you know, why should you be here? you know we could recommend you to some other thing I said I just need a second chance I just need a second chance to start all over again and when you give me that I promise I'll come out on the end victorious and that's what they did so me and Amar had a bed to sleep in that night when I was about to sleep oh, in my car yes it's good um and then from there um just to talk about the transitional home there were five other women who lived there we actually all became. Hey, so, can you yeah. say what a transition home is? Because somebody may be listening and they may not know um, what that actually is. Yes. So most people consider it a homeless, um, a, a, what we call, and I'm trying to get the right word, so help me it's out here. Um, yes, a shelter. Perfect. Um, but the transitional home is a little different. A shelter, you go in, they give you what you need, and then most of the time you have to leave out, and then you have to kind of sign back in if I'm, if I'm right about some of those. A transitional yeah, yeah. home for single moms is they give you about, for some, they might give you six months. For this place, they give you about a year, and they basically work with you. Mm -hmm. They help you really not just get on your feet and just rush back out, but they prepare you with the tools that you need to go back out. So the reason why, um, for most of you, and we'll probably touch on this, why I was able to start learning how to save money is because we had to save money there. They literally had people who checked our bank accounts, made sure that we put money aside in our bank accounts. When we got our tax check, we had to put money. We had to show proof of it. So for most people, they felt like they were being treated like a child. But for me, it was a... It was um, them teaching us how to, when you get outside in the world, the tools that you didn't have with your family, we're going to give you those tools and you can choose to use them or not, but at least you'll know how it feels to save your money, you know? And so we had to do all of these things. So that's what a transitional home is. It's different for everybody else. I lived in a transitional home called Natasha House. There are a lot of other ones. I felt like Natasha House was the best for me. Um, and actually something I want to, to spread across, um, you know, if, as God would have it. But it really helped cultivate. So a lot of the, the resources that you even give, Kim, that's what we got in the transitional home, books to read, you know, financial things, um, how to get your first home. It wasn't just the place for you to sleep, go find a job really quickly and hurry up and get out and get your apartment only for you to go right back down the same path again. It literally kept you there so that you could be trained for more than 30 days, but for almost a year, if you allowed yourself to to receive all the things that you could do to have a fresh start and really, you know, start brand new. So that's what this transitional home was for me. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Audrey. Now, I want to go back a little bit because you mentioned that you were living with a family that didn't work out. 
So did you actually have a conversation with them to say more time or was it kind of like you had no other option and you had to get out? At that time, um, I'm pretty sure if I would have asked, I might have gotten a different date. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me and most moms, I think once you kind of, once they told me that, I immediately just put in my mind, well, <laughs> yeah, you go. I got to go. But I think for me also, a moment, because okay. I felt like God had something set up, but I had to, this was a faith walk for me. Okay. Um, I would definitely recommend that people ask for an extension if they have to, so they won't have to resort to sleeping in a car. But I think this was a faith moment for me to pack up my stuff and get in the car because I wasn't going to sleep in it. God had me going somewhere that night. I just didn't know where. And it ended up being that transitional home for me. So Wow. Wow. That's so good. So um, I know for me, whenever I relocated, I did stay with some family and they didn't give me a date per se, but they gave me like, well, they kept asking, you know, when are you going to, you know, get a full-time job? When are you going to, yeah. you know, find a place to live and that sort of thing. So yeah. uh, that's why I was just curious to know, you know, if you had a conversation with them. I remember when I got the keys to an apartment, I didn't know mm-hmm. how I was going to pay the rent, but I got a, I got keys. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> and I, um, and I told them, Hey, you know, I got the keys to my apartment. Now I didn't have any furniture in there. Um, but I did let them know I finally had keys to an apartment and I would be moving out soon. You know, mm-hmm. um, I didn't say when I got furniture, I just said I would be moving out soon. They asked yeah. for the keys um, that day. And so I did not have a conversation to say, hey, I didn't have, I don't have any furniture yet. Can I get a few more days? So I was just like you and that it was just time for me to leave. The, the environment mm-hmm. was toxic. And I, you know, I was yeah. just like, I got to get out of this. And so- yes. I moved in my apartment that day without one piece of furniture. I literally went to Walmart and got an air mattress and I mm-hmm. that. And so that was like, <laughs> welcome to Houston. Okay. It's like, yeah. I don't know anybody here outside of these family members that you relocated here with. And this is all you have. And so yeah. <laughs> that was like the yeah. start of my, you know, getting, I guess, on my feet per se. It was mm-hmm. not what I expected at all. And I knew yeah. my family this until after it happened, my family back home. <laughs> but yeah, that, it was crazy. So I just wanted yeah. to, you know, ask you about that whole experience. So now you get through yeah. the transitional home. How did you, you know, get on your feet, get your apartment, get everything going? The transitional home at the time, I wasn't going to leave the transitional home because I was like, this is like more opportunity for me to save some more money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's because once once you get that feeling of saving money, it's like, oh, this feels good. Like I got money when some stuff happens. And it, it, yeah, it was, you've it never was had like, it before, right? It's like, yeah. wow, like I'm actually able to do this. It opens up like yes. this new thing in your mind. <laughs> It was an amazing feeling because I was bad with money, but technically I wasn't bad with money. I just lacked the education behind it. And that's really what it is. And we beat ourselves down. And and still to this day, I have it sneak up every now and then. But I'm like, no, Audrey, you saved this amount of money. You can do it again. Um, And so... Um, I saved money enough for me to move out because that's what the transitional home prepared you for. They didn't want to stifle your growth. So it, I had reached and broke many barriers in there. And my even the executive director, she was like a mother to me. She was like, Audrey, it's time for you to go. And she made me realize, she said, there's another mom who needs your space and you're ready. Okay. And for me, it was like, well, no, I don't feel ready. I don't want to, <laughs> I think I can stay here. She's like, no, you're, and, and this is what starts this seed thing because now every time I move, there's something for another woman to come behind. 
behind me and do and give back to what I, you know, what I had to, what the gift that God had given me. So when I thought about it, I was like, okay, so I went and searched for a park. I had a budget. I was like, I am not moving past this, but this eight, I think it was $800 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not moving past that. So I found, I ended up finding a place. They had a special and it was $800 right around my price range. Everything wow. was included in the apartment. So I didn't have to pay for water or trash and all the other eccentric, you know, extra things that we normally have to pay for with apartments. And it was like beautiful. I had a full-time job at that full-time job. So everything that I could ever need and want was just like, boom, I saved money to make sure the U-Haul picked up our stuff. But here's the thing I like, God showed up again my couch, my table, my TV, everything in my house, even I came in with a blow-up bed too. I slept in a blow-up bed. And um, I remember writing, remember I was blogging at that time too. I was still blogging. I had started a life group at my church while I was in the transitional home. So I still had things going on, even though I was in my bath. Oh, Audrey, come on. I still had things going because I was giving back. And I knew that my obedience to doing that, even when I was in the valley, you know, oh, she lives in a transitional home. How in the world is she starting a life group or still? No, I was still talking to my woman, you know, whoever was watching and listening. God bless me. Somebody um saw my bless me with a mattress to put on my bed because my daughter had everything she needed. I was going, you know how you're I'll sacrifice and sleep right, in the right. floor bed. Mm-hmm. Um and that and she gave me a mattress and then built from there. I had a bed thing to put on the mattress. People I mean they were given to me and I don't even think they knew what they were given to. <laughs> okay. Um and then um so everything in my apartment, everything was free. I had a couch waiting for me. My mom and dad were trying to sell a table. It never got off their hands. They could never sell it. They, that was given to me. Everything was given to me when I looked at all that I needed, from groceries to a vacuum cleaner. And even in the train, they had these ladies create um, bins for us. You know, those moving items that you need for your first yeah. night. They gave that to us. And it was just like, oh, my gosh, like. I was so overwhelmed by the blessings that God had given to me, like completely overwhelmed. So I knew it was him and I knew that my obedience had brought me here. So my first time in my apartment was like a faith thing and God delivered like completely. And I was just happy to be here and I'm still grateful for this place. That is so, so awesome. So you had the blog. Now, was it Dear Single Mommy back then or was it (laughs) just your journey? Well, first I start off on Facebook. So, you know, I'm writing my statuses, posting a mark, because you know, everybody loves kids. Yeah. <laughs> so I could get people to read. So I started off on Facebook and I actually didn't do the blog because I remember writing it down in my goal book. I think I started my blog um, in 2018. That's okay. when I actually put money towards actually doing a website for it and engaging with people through the website. And I just, I kept that website going with my story there ever since. Okay, awesome. So um, there's one other thing I wanted to ask. Mm-hmm. You know, you said you mentioned you had a full time job during that time um, you were in the transition home. Now, what were you actually doing? Did you go to school at all? Because I think want to paint this picture. So I went to college. Um, I went to Norfolk State University, actually, in um, Norfolk, Virginia. Okay. And I went for mass communications. So a okay. lot of the things that people see me do now oh. is from that. So I did go to school for that and a bachelor's degree. That was before I was pregnant with Amara. So um, I went to school and then I ended up going into um, 
just little classes here and there to teach me how to speak because I was a spoken word artist. So I made money off of doing spoken word as well, which I think helped me in my speaking. So I'm not as scared as most people are because I've hit stages and done spoken word and memorized things. So there's nothing that you can, uh, audience you can put in front of me that I'll just walk up, kill it, you know, whatever comes out, comes out because <laughs> I, I did. So it prepared me for those speaking moments. Um, and I think that, what was your other question? You said college and... Yeah, your full-time job. What were you doing? Oh, my full-time job. Sorry. Um, I was doing administration, actually. I was working in a place, uh, resources, for um, a school system. And I actually was learning about accounting in that school system. So it's funny to me. um, I was was managing their accounts with money almost to a million dollars. Wow. I was handling all of their accounts. So I know that God literally set me up for my business with that because I know how to, I know how to do my accounts to where the money needs to go and how, and how they do audits and why it's important to do certain things with your money and put them in certain accounts so that you can be accountable for every cent. So I learned all of that from working there. I knew wow. I did recruiting for um, teachers. Okay. I helped out with that. So I did a lot of paperwork, a lot of um, contracts for them, question, asking questions regarding their pay. Um, so I, that's what I was doing, administration work. And I got so good at the front that they moved me a little bit to the back and paid me more for it. Okay. <laughs> so, so yeah. So yeah. That's awesome. So now fast forward to today, you've left your job. Mm-hmm. Now was that the same job that you had during that time or was this another job? What did that journey look like? No, the same job. I worked that job for three years. Um, June, um, a little bit earlier this year, actually before the pandemic, um, God was literally um, talking to me and speaking to me and confirming that I was going to leave my job this year. Okay. I wanted to make sure that I had things in place. I was like, okay, God, I hear you, right? Or I think I hear you. Because, you know, I, I wanted to leave my job. I just wanted to make sure I did it on his time. And I wanted to leave it leave it the second year I was there, (laughs) but I had more preparation that I needed to do. Um, So after about my job and certain getting a mindset that I'm here to serve them so that I can move to the next thing that God has for me, God literally would be like, all right, I need you to do this. I need you to get a health savings account. And I was like, okay, I'm going to switch to health savings account. So then he told me there's going to be money. It was money that came my way and I literally dropped it in my savings account. I did not touch it. I did not touch unless I was paying unless I was paying my tithes. I did not touch the money. I was able to save ten thousand dollars and did not touch my money so that I could prepare for what he was going to have me do next. Around um, around that same time, a young lady came in and she actually was trained underneath me because while they had me in the back doing more work and getting paid more, she was going to take over my job over the summertime because that's the only time they had me. Um, I trained her up. So she knew a lot of stuff. And then she ended up getting a full-time job at another school, which worked out great. What's crazy is God literally set everything up. So I was looking for Amara. I was like, okay, I'm leaving my job. Where's Amara going to go at? Virtual schooling? This was prior to us finding out about COVID. Okay. So I'm doing my research and I am like, okay, I found a, it was a K-12 um, virtual program that I could put her in that she could do from home and that'll make it easier for me. So I won't have to, so I'm getting, cause I'm thinking about saving money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After school care. I was like, I don't, you know, if I'm stepping into this, that's extra yeah. money. Yeah. Spend. So um, I found I found information on that. I didn't know for sure, you know, anything. I just was looking at things and allowing God to confirm it. Okay. And um, around around that time, 
um, I asked for a raise. So I was a raise from my, um, at the time, my former boss. And I asked her, because at that time, I'll be honest, I was making under $30,000. And that is not enough to... You know, and, and I and I was doing a lot of work there, Kim, like, you know, you know, I was really doing a lot of work there and I thought that the position should have been higher. So I literally was fighting for that position to be higher. They did not give me the 30, they didn't even get, I wanted over 30,000. I was actually settling for 30,000, but yeah. they did not even give it to me. They didn't even touch it. They tried to give me the 29,997 mark. And I was just like, all this work that I do here and I can't even, so I, that's why the moms in a corporate world, it is a fight and it's sad. It it, it's a constant battle. Yeah. And they knew my situation too. And I think in their mind, it was like, you'll never find a job that is as flexible as we are. So we know you're not going to leave. So we'll just continue to hold out on you for a while because they knew my situation. It, it is, you know, they yeah. know how to they knew that sometimes I had to leave or the flexibility of being able to visit her school they knew those things and I think that they held that yeah you know what I mean yes yeah I truly believe that's why I never got the raise because my work effort was was amazing they there are things that they didn't know that I knew about those accounts that I had to teach them about so I knew that I deserved <laughs> you know, by the time I left that job and finally told them, that's when they wanted to and give me what I asked for. And that's usually how it is. I remember the last job I had before this one, um, you know, I was bored at the job. It wasn't necessarily the money uh, per se, but I was just bored. So I was like, I'm yep. tired of just coming in here, sitting at this computer, working files all day yes. long. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. because I was like kind of auditing, but I was also doing some data entry. Um, you know, my manager at the time, she said, uh, well, you know, Kim, because I, I kind of missed because I, I came from like a physician's background, right? But I moved into this environment where it was kind of almost like an assembly line, right? The way they mm -hmm. operated. So you had to meet these metrics and do these um, things and audit like so many files per day. And I just mm -hmm. felt like I wasn't making any type of impact. I was just coming into work files every day. I was like, this cannot be my life. So I asked my manager, I was like, is there anything else I can do, you know, outside of this? Because I mean, I can meet the metrics and I can still do something else, you know, just because mm -hmm. I, you know, it was like I could do it with my eyes closed. <laughs> and so she basically told me, I think in our one-on-one, she was like, Kim, you know, if this is not the environment for you, maybe you should look somewhere else. Mm. And she was like, I say that with the utmost respect. And I say, you know yeah. what? You're right. Mm -hmm. And so girl, fast forward. I don't, I don't remember exactly how many months after that, but I told some ladies in this organization that I'm a part of, and they mm -hmm. said, you should apply here because they're hiring at two locations. So girl, fast forward, I applied and I had an interview and an offer in the same day. So I yeah. come back to my manager, you know, I told her what happened. I, you know, got the offer. She wants to know how much are they paying me? And then at that time, our team lead was leaving. So then she wants to offer me the team lead position. And I said, no. No, I'm gone because yeah. you told me that if this was not the environment for me, I should find something else. And that's what I did because this is not uh -huh. the environment for me, but I appreciate the offer. So <laughs> I totally understand where yeah. you're coming from. It is a constant battle. And even now, you know, I could go on and on about these stories, but yeah. it's something. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's so sad. And it's unfortunate that it is a different race that um, tries it.
you know yeah, and they and they don't have to do as much they don't have to ask they're just giving things when we're not so you yeah. know that a whole another conversation but yeah totally so um audrey back to your story about you know leaving your job so were there things that you had to have in place i know you mentioned a ten thousand dollar was that the number you had set um that you would feel comfortable with before uh, leaving your job and then what about your debt did you have any uh, what does that look like yeah, I definitely, I had a credit card debt. Um, I actually, um, at the time I was in a transitional home, I don't feel like this was the best move. So when I say this, I hope that it, it's not something that somebody actually jumps on, but educates themselves about. Mm -hmm. um, when I was in a transitional home, um, they um, pushed me to file bankruptcy. Okay. Because at the time, my debt is um, accumulated to so much because I had lost, remember I told you I lost apartments, two apartments due to my lack of um, financial knowledge, and I also um, lost my car. Okay. Um, so there was a lot of debt there that came from my past, and, it's, and then including doctor bills because um, I had medical insurance that covered it, so eventually I had got that off, but there were some things there. So I filed for bankruptcy. Okay. Um, so I wouldn't always suggest that be, like Dave Ramsey said, I think that should be the very last resort that anybody does. I think that there was, should have been more education on that time, at that time in that transitional home period. Mm -hmm. But I think in their minds, they were trying to make sure that my money wasn't going to be taken away from me to put me in an even worse situation. So it was like, we're going to go ahead, since you're only going to be here for a year, let us help you while you still can make these payments to this bankruptcy. Because um, it wasn't um, where you just file, it was, I was making payments for the bankruptcy so I could start still clear my debt in a sense and build my credit okay so I forgot which chapter that is I think it's chapter seven but don't okay. quote me on that but I would say educate yourself about it before you jump into it if you do have a lot of debt because I think there's several ways that you can deal with your debt so I ended up saving that amount of money I did have an amount of money to save but my goal was to at least save six months if I was going to leave my job because okay. in my mind I was like okay if I can save six months of my rent including, and that's not even including rent, but my bills, then I can at least figure out, you know, in those six months, how everything's working out. So if I need to do something, because I, again, I'm in that mindset that I'm not going back to a transitional home or, or losing an apartment, because I learned from that. I had room and enough time to say, I have six months here. Let's see what this business does. Let's see what I can do. And then I can make a move if I need to, to ensure that we're still covered for, you know, my rent and everything else and so then I said to in my mind I was planning out what I knew of course I needed to pay for all that happened and then I eventually got an opportunity to get started with the business the business started moving a little slow mm -hmm. but like even the top of this year I was able to pay myself for my business oh so, that's awesome I was able to pay myself for my business and then see how everything goes. And God has been very faithful um, because, you know, the money eventually, it does trickle down, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it does last. So, you know, I had, I'm, I'm, but I'm always, now I'm in the mindset of thinking, how can I make money to help continue maintain this household and then um, operate out of the overflow of it to in invest? Mm -hmm. I'm a risk taker. I'll invest. I'll do whatever is necessary to bring in more money. And so, so many things on my heart that I'm, of course, going to do with the business. And um, it's just been working out for me ever since. God has been faithful awesome. with it. That's so awesome. Because I know, yeah. you know a lot of people think, you know, oh, she's, you know, leaving her job. How is she doing that? You know, did she <laughs> save up, like, all this money? Or did she just leave her job? And then she's just stepping out on faith. And I think 
you know, like you mentioned, you have to be really strategic about, you know, how you're going to do that. And when you see these entrepreneurs on social media, it's not about just leaving your job. You have to have a plan. I'm really glad you touched on that. But what are some of the things that you have going on in the business? You know, are you coaching? Are you selling products? You know, what does that look like? So one, I am coaching. So the startup, I'm going to, I'm going to build upon that. Um, I know for me, I had to make sure that um, one business kind of run and kind of not necessarily run by itself because I know there's still things I need to do but it's running successfully um, enough for me to be able to when I post something or when I do something people are able to get what they need from the items which is our Curses Broken Collection. Um, The startup coaching um, I released that like a soft launch and it really did well. It helped me to figure out where I need to go with this so I can start putting things in perspective. And I was able to make money off of that too with just a soft launch. So, you know, it, it's, I think it was God kind of showing me that this is what he wants me to do because the money came in without me having to work hard for it and, to, and being um, just being myself with it. So the startup thing really happened and people have contacted me, booking sessions and all that great stuff. So that money came in. And then also, I'm hoping to um, expand upon those things, start some master classes. I have ebooks as well that I'm going to revamp and reestablish. Um, just so many ideas for Dear Single Mommy. Now that I know exactly where I'm at as far as the emotional and the spiritual, um, I won't call it an expert on it, but really, that's my, I guess, niche that I really am passionate about. Um, I'm going to start creating items that women can take into their homes to keep the conversation between their children going and themselves. I've been contacted a lot. Like, how do you talk to your daughter about, you know, an absent father? And how do you, how do I get through these emotions of what's going on in my heart? And I felt like, okay, God, like, what can I do to create something for them that they can take home with them, but it's not breaking their, you know, pocketbook either, but it's something that they can invest they need to be. So a lot of things are coming out and birthing at this very moment in the month of January that God has just given me. And I believe that this will be a successful year for me um, with being able to get some things into some mom's hands. Um, my moms are dear to my heart as well. So that's who my target yeah. audience is. <laughs> very <Awesome>. similar. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm so glad to hear that, but let everybody know where they can find you and where they can connect with you. Yeah, so on Instagram, of course, I'm at Dear Single Mommy. Um, you can go to www.dearsinglemommy.com. That is the website. It has all that you need up there from the startup coaching, if you would like to, or even um, my ebooks, um, my blogs to get to know me more, my story, and see my daughter <laughs> act up on pictures. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then, of course, um, people, you can contact me and DM me on my Instagram page. That's where I mostly get a lot of stuff. And you can operation in your home that you will no longer walk into something that God already died for and wants you to be yes. free. From, so. Yes, yeah. I love that. Yeah. You have Thank any you. final words for the moms that are listening? Take your time and your healing journey. You know, it's not, I think we're taught that we just brush everything underneath the rug and we're just trying to forget about it that it even happened. Um, reflect and learn from your past. Don't let it haunt you, but learn from it and know that healing is is such an amazing journey. It brings so much joy, so much restoration. And I am where I am now because the transitional home that I went to was actually, and um, they called it the bridge to wholeness. Oh, and I love that. Oh, my so God. I was transitioning because I was uprooting all the things that God needed me to uproot and expose about myself. 
Um, and then I was able to now step back out in the world, a confident, you know, more confident and more, more able to receive because I'm still growing. I'm still healing. I don't think the journey ever ends. Right. Yeah, like it's an ongoing process. <laughs> the journey. Cause I think people think, Oh, I'm healed. No, it's, it's a constant journey. <laughs> um, but, um, but learning how to forgive, learning how to heal and just walking through that journey of healing and being open to it all the time, because until the day we leave this earth, we'll always be healing from something. And yeah. it's just another beautiful growth moment. It's a part of our growing. So take your time in it. And trust me, it will be a process you will love, embrace, and it will truly change your life. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Audrey. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. I hope you all enjoyed this episode and you were able to gain some encouragement and motivation from Audrey. I am still in awe that she was disciplined enough to save $10,000 and be courageous enough to step out on faith and leave her job. If you are not connected with me, go ahead and follow me over on Instagram at Single Black Motherhood. You can like the page on Facebook, Single Black Motherhood. Check out the website, singleblackmotherhood.com. And as always, if you have any topic suggestions or if you just want to reach out, feel free to DM me on Instagram or shoot me an email, hello at singleblackmotherhood.com. Thanks again for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. Until the next episode, take care.